0: This is Living Forever, Not an Option, a podcast brought to you by Care Dimensions, a provider of hospice, palliative care, and support services in Massachusetts. Your hosts are Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. My name is Mary Crow, Director of Professional and Community Education at Care Dimensions. I am so thrilled today to have on the program Cheryl Meehan, who is the Director of Volunteer Services and Complementary Therapies, and one of our amazing volunteers, Paul (laughs) Williams. You are. It just is what it is, Paul. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) You're humble at that, too. Um, So, we're going to start in and talk about... uh, This is such an important topic, Cheryl, because, you know, the volunteers are a backbone to the organization. So, before we get into that, and I'm really looking forward to talking more about it, Tell the, tell the audience a bit about yourself and your role at Care Dimensions.
1: Okay, well, as you stated, I am the Director of Volunteer Services and Complementary Therapies, and I absolutely love what I do. How can you turn around and not love making a difference at end of life or whenever someone is ill? So I'm on it to do the work that I do, and when I see the difference at our volunteers truly make it's amazing mm-hmm. last year even through the co- through the covid epidemic they actually gave over a million dollars worth of services wow. to our patients and their loved ones that there is no way anyone could afford to do that wow. they're just amazing individuals who truly are committed to making a difference
0: that's fabulous. Now, you've been with the organization for some time.
1: A long time.
0: Yes, yes. how long? Um,
1: in January, it will be 10 years at Care Dimensions, and I had an additional nine years, uh, basically, to learn the ropes so that I could come and be a true professional and know exactly what I wanted for Care Dimensions Volunteer Department and Complementary Therapies.
0: That's fabulous. And we'll get into the volunteer program in a minute, but I want to go over to Paul for a second. Paul, tell, tell the audience a bit about yourself.
2: Uh, well, I'm a volunteer. I wouldn't say I'm an exceptional. I think there's a <laughs> lot of volunteers that are really good. Uh, and I'm in awe of some of them when I've watched them. Uh, but I came to Care Dimensions and volunteering like a lot of other things in my life. My wife was here first. She did it for a while and I was watching her and stuff and saying, gee, I think I'll try that. And. When you say, I think I'll try something to Cheryl, she's right there for you. No joke. She's right there. She pounced right on those words. <laughs> pounced, huh? uh, yeah. That's good. That's <laughs> so excellent. I, I did the educational part of it, and I've tried to do things through it. You know, it's just good. Yeah. good and stuff. you've
0: been doing this for?
2: About 10 years. Yeah. So I'm half. Yep. Of Cheryl's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again you
0: can see you've been doing at this yeah. for a very long time so and we'll talk and I want to know I want I want to hear from you too a little later about just the impact the, how this affects you and all of that but I want Cheryl to go into first just talk about the volunteer program what does that mean um, you know what do the volunteers do that sort of thing oh what do they not do
1: yeah um, basically our volunteers go through a 16-hour class and everyone says, oh, 16 hours. It's a lot to volunteer. But by the end of those 16 hours, the amount of education they have for end of life, the emotional, the physical, the spiritual aspects of it, they've really learned so much. And very often, by the end of the training, they're saying, can't we go on and learn more? Um, So they really do enjoy it. And the volunteers are truly the backbone. Mm -hmm. you know. And I always say they are the heart. The clinical staff, that's the head. I don't care about that. I want the heart. <laughs> and our volunteers truly, truly um, give from the heart so much. And they tr- make such a huge impact on the quality of life. It's just amazing. Yeah. And then to see our volunteers grow into it even more yeah and more as the years go through. I'm just so proud of them, so proud of them.
0: And they do a variety of different tasks, right? Mm -hmm. So because I think somebody hears volunteer, and they think, oh, everybody does the same thing. But there's really a kind of a wide spectrum of things that people can do under that. So why don't you talk a little bit about those? Volunteers do a
1: multitude of different um, programs we have the volunteers that will sit vigil. Mm -hmm. We have volunteers... We'll talk
0: about that because, again, some people don't understand what that means to sit vigil. All right, vigil is
1: um, when end-of-life is near, when a patient is transitioning. We have volunteers who are specifically trained for the vigil program, and um, they will sit and support the patient who is dying. They may sit and support the family members who may need to have someone else present so that they can feel more comfortable. Or they may be turning around and getting coffee and things on that nature so that the family member doesn't have to leave. Yep. Um, it's really a unique experience for them. Everyone who has actually been a part of a vigil has truly said it's so inspiring and it's amazing to see the interaction and also to see how the patient is so much calmer when a volunteer or a loved one is near them. And I feel that that is one of the highest acclimates we could have is to know that family members are so thrilled that we can be there when they can't be. Mm -hmm. We had a uh, family member who was flying uh, from Texas to the um, Kaplan House the patient was dying, and um, so we had volunteers until he got there, wow. and the patient died shortly after wow. he was there. Yeah. But that family member knew yeah. his loved one was taken care yeah. of.
0: Which again, you—that's those are things that you can never, never replace. So those are the, those are the things that are so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so in addition to the thank you for explaining vision, because again, I think it is such a powerful experience knowing, having been by bedside of so many people at end of life Mm -hmm. in my work, Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the the greatest honors that ever is bestowed on you. Absolutely, uh, to be a part of that with somebody welcoming you into that. Mm -hmm. So thanks for explaining that. So what other things do the volunteers do?
1: Um, They can sit with patients. They can play cards with patients. They can watch. Baseball, football games with patients. I have one caregiver, this was a few years ago, her loved one did not want to have a volunteer, but what he wanted was someone to watch the Red Sox game. Yeah. So the wife didn't say it was volunteer, just said that so-and-so was coming she said she couldn't believe the amount of yelling and screaming and <laughs> clapping it was like he had gone back <laughs> in years um there'd just
0: be a lot of screaming right now Charlotte. well you know <laughs> i'm not going to get just into a that a whole lot of screaming going on right now but that's like, but you still gotta love them <laughs> really?
1: yeah yeah you still gotta love them um but yeah it's so many different ways of connecting and that's the main thing and sometimes it may be a reading a book to a patient, it could be reading the newspaper to a patient, it could be sitting um, with a family member who may need to be able to vent to someone who does not want to vent to a family member but just wants someone to hear them. And what I love is that our clinical team truly respects our volunteers, and when we go to the clinical team, because we're mandated, we're part of that team, and we have to let them know anything that pertains to their clinical requirements. So it's really, it's a wonderful opportunity for the volunteers to actually see their words matter, what they're doing truly matters, and they fill out a report and our volunteer coordinators read those reports and we notify the team of everything. And there have been times when team members will call a volunteer and say, hey, you mentioned this, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, Because Again, it's the aid and the volunteer who sees our patients or their loved ones the most. Excellent.
0: Paul, tell us about your experiences. Tell us what you have, as a volunteer over the past 10 years, some of the situations or or things that you have done in your volunteering.
2: Well, I, I guess I'd start out by saying I've done a lot of things that I didn't think I could do or I didn't think I had in me. Like the first vigil I ever did, Uh, it was a a hospice facility which just went out of my mind. That's good. That's okay. Uh, Walking down that hall, it seemed like it was about a 1,000 miles long. But I'd been with this guy as a volunteer for quite a while. He's there in bed. He's getting close to the end of his life. And I reached out and held his hand. And I didn't think I could do that. You know, Tony was a bricklayer, and he had <laughs> big, rough hands. And I reached over and and held his hand, and I swear it felt so good to me. I I hope it felt as good to him. Yeah. But it was talk about something I didn't think I could do. Sure. And then we've done check-in calls where yeah. you call on the phone, and you don't really have a lot of information when you start. You sort of build a rapport and. You, you you get going, and it's Thursday mornings you call and say, Hi, this is Paul from Care Dimensions. I just check in to see what, that you have what you need for the upcoming weekend. And you get talking and talking. And sometimes you're looking at it like, I got to get out of here, but <laughs> you do it. And, you, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. It just seems like it's you give people a chance to talk and to maybe. They haven't seen anybody for a while yeah. well, with COVID and the isolation that comes sometimes with having to care for somebody. It's just like when I was taking the class, Cheryl said very sternly, it's not about you. It's about them. And I thought, wow. But, you know, I have to disagree with her. When you leave a house or you leave, a, you always feel better. So yeah. it is about you, maybe after the fact. But it is about yeah. you. Know, you know.
0: Well that's the one thing I, I, I feel is so powerful about volunteer work is that and, and I've had so many, I've had the good fortune of working with so many of the volunteers over the years. Uh, but they have said that they are as touched as, you know, the person that they're reaching out to care for and attend to, they feel as touched by that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's really there isn't I can't say I have ever visited somebody that I haven't felt Good about the visit. That's wonderful. And sometimes I I do some work with veterans, and some of those are tough. Yeah. Some of the times, veterans will talk about things to other veterans, and I was in the Air Force, so it doesn't seem to matter which branch of the service you were in. You understand the military thing, Uh, and you'll talk with those guys, and and so far it's all been guys for me, but. Uh, they start telling you things that are rough to hear, but it's things they want to get off their minds. And I think, wow, if I can do that for somebody, then, you know, cost me a little, I'll live with that. But they need, before they get to the pearly gates, this has got to go. Yeah, yeah. So they tell you stories. Yeah. and, And sometimes you hear really funny stories about even in the middle of a war it gets cold so everybody gets a house and you set up housekeeping yeah. and then 2 months later you go back to the war yeah, that yeah. really happened yeah
0: wow it, you know i think it's so and i wanted to ask yeah. more about it and i'll have you speak to that too that the, the, you know we do a lot of work with veterans and, and this is very important that we uh, that, uh, think that people aren't always aware that again that you know veterans are a culture unto themselves they certainly are. And it's important that we tend to them through end of life because there are unique challenges and issues that come up, as you mentioned, Paul, mm-hmm. for people that have been in the military. So do you want to say more about that, Cheryl? Cheryl,
1: sure, well, I'm very proud that Kia Dimensions um, has gone the mile and we are a level five in the We Honor Veterans program, which can be very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And um, we did it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And now we are a We Honor uh, Veterans Level 5 Ambassador and Trainer. So I go around and I will train other hospice organizations and other hospice um, and palliative care programs uh, regarding the veteran-specific yeah. volunteer experiences. And we not only focus on that, but we focus also on ensuring that our veterans are given what they deserve at end of life. So our social workers will work toward that. Um, Really, it's a team effort, but we're all committed to ensuring that that veteran is so well supported, that family is so well supported during this time, because they do definitely have unique needs that many others we have no idea. And truthfully, I'm very proud of our veterans program. Yes. My father was a veteran, which is why I really was into it. But our volunteers and our staff who work with veterans, their world really expands okay. with the knowledge of what our veterans have gone through. Yeah.
0: It's, it's extremely powerful. And, Barry. you know, that example that you gave, Paul, It just, I, I got goosebumps hearing it because it's just, it, it matters. You can Cliff see death. people carrying this. And this is a very precious time of life when people are, are nearing end of life, and there are things that they do need to talk about to get off their chest, mm-hmm. to, to be able to, to, ha- to reconcile, to make amends. To, to, and, and it's, you know, it's not always easy to know who can hear that. Mm-hmm. Who, can, who can tolerate, right, having me be able to share that? And who do I feel safe and comfortable with? Uh, mm-hmm. And again, there's, it's, it's very, uh, I think it's a very important thing. So thank you for that.
1: And one other thing I'd really yeah. like to say is yeah. that when we first started this program, uh, there was a patient at the Kaplan Family Hospice House who was a little antagonistic. And he was a veteran. We had a veteran volunteer just deliver the paper because he was the type of patient, no to everything. He was very um, difficult to take care of because everything was no. Mm -hmm. Um, And Bob actually delivered the paper a couple of times. And then the uh, patient started telling him about his different experiences. And he actually had the Gatling gun and he would be shooting at airplanes and he told bob he goes when i think of all those faceless people Mm -hmm. he goes i don't know who i'm going to face when i go Mm -hmm. that was really impactful but even more so um, bob was walking down the kaplan hall from the uh, room and this couple walked up to him and said are you bob and of course you see the hat that bob had on um from his service and he said, yes. She goes, I want to thank you because my father would never talk about his time in the service. And now I understand why he did the things he did and why he was so tough on me. Yeah. And that just, wow, I, yeah. I can feel myself starting yeah, to, uh, yeah. you know, it's impactful. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the, that's the important thing, right? If we can understand what drives a person to behave a certain way, we mm-hmm. can access Absolutely. our compassion as opposed to our frustration. Mm-hmm. And there's a perfect example of that. Paul, did you want to add something to that? Oh, you,
2: you hit on a key point. you mentioned you hear people say, one of the things about being a volunteer in that instance is that you're listening. Right. You, you really don't have to say much. All you really, you, you got to be a decent listener. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And and that's that's a whole lot of learning right it, there. It's right. really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is. And,
0: yeah. And that's a good point because I think sometimes people <clears throat> think we're either born that way, like you are, or you aren't. No, this is something that we're, we're we need to learn. Mm-hmm. This is learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And there and and in all of my years, Paul, of of doing this kind of work, I have to tell you that's been the thing that has become so clear to me people want to be heard they want to be listened you know they 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 need to have you be there with the companion and all of that Mm -hmm. and some of the best work I ever did in my career was never opening my mouth Uh, you know so it but it takes it really is hard because we shift in to want to fix things and even when things aren't fixable, that's but right. we can, you know, mm-hmm. silence can be so healing mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that that's just such a gift that we give in terms of the presence, mm-hmm. right? How can we be yeah, present yeah. with yeah. that individual? And actively listening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's so critical. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, so what are, the, do, are there other ways that you feel like with the, with the volunteers that, that How you feel like the volunteers impact the people that they're going in to see, or how volunteers might be impacted by doing this type of service?
2: Well, the the people you see and the families are impacted because you're, in some cases, you're just giving them a little relief. Yes, like half an hour or an hour, you're just. Mm -hmm. They can go outside and take a deep breath. Yes. You know, and, and there's small things like that. But a bigger thing is you're almost sometimes become part of the family. You, right. you don't want to get involved emotionally. That's not where we are. But you you, you want to help and stuff. Yeah. So you, you, again, mostly through talking, you sure. begin to develop relationships and and. It helps the person who's the patient. Yeah. And for me, again, you just feel good about it. You yeah. feel good about what you've done.
0: Absolutely. You, know, you
2: can have a fairly useless day, spend an hour with a patient, and it's all right. Absolutely. We did yeah. It. Yeah. 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 Better than the aforementioned Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. I think I, we <laughs> can all agree that anything's better than the aforementioned <laughs> <laughs> And yes, I am a big fan but still. All right. We Let's can only not go take there. so much, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, that, that's amazing. And and you know, you were saying, you know, you no, you're not a part of the family, but you're a part of their support team. Absolutely. And, oh, yeah. and that yeah. is that's so important because when people are going through this, I mean, people feel like they're, you know, they're on an island sometimes. So to know that they have a support team around them, that's good stuff.
2: It's a funny thing because we wear our name tags so people know who we are. Yeah. But I can't tell you how many times I've taken this off and handed it to a patient and just let them yes. feel it. Yes, and I've occasionally left one there where they wanted it more than I did. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get another one. That's great.
0: So what in terms of Cheryl what tell talk to people about how do they do it? How do they go about Well, I also want to clarify
1: a couple of yes. things. The majority of our volunteers do work with patients, yep. but that's not the only way of volunteering. Yep. Some of our volunteers may be more clerical. Okay. They may do data entry. They okay. may um, coordinate on uh, different programs, um, Philanthropy is one of them that we work very closely with. Um, and also up in accounting, yeah. you know we're there to support the mission yeah. to support those who go out, whether it's the clinical staff, the nurses, you know, all of those, we're there to help wherever we're needed. Yeah. So for those who may not feel comfortable with um, actually working with patients. That's fine. There's so many other things to do, yep. but also we have a lot of different programs. Pet therapy is one that's so loved yeah. by our yes. patients, yes. and that's one we're really trying to grow because it seems like the need keeps expanding. We get a couple of more dog teams, and all of a sudden we need more.
0: And the dog, the volunteers are bringing the dogs out for the visits.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yes. And yeah.
0: um, I know. Remember when we had one? I know. years ago, and right, and and now. How many, my gosh, you have a whole bunch of. uh, We do. We have a a lot, but we
1: don't have enough. Yeah. And we really need to have more. And um, when you think about, especially we have a palliative program, and when you bring in um, a pet to a child or to an elderly person who always had animals, but since they came down sick, they couldn't have them, it just makes such a difference. Yeah. It really does. You know, that bonding is unbelievable. Yeah.
0: And like you say, I think that that sometimes people might feel I do want to do volunteer work, but geez, maybe I I don't want to go out doing the visits to the patients or mm-hmm. the families. Yep. There's so much else, like you say. Absolutely. So so really, they they should call anyhow, just to to, to get more information about the wide right. variety of things yes. that people do. I mean, we have we have volunteers that are specific into the dementia training things like that mm-hmm. so many so many different areas that yeah. they can really focus on mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah other things that you wanted to uh, uh, you know in terms of what they do that sort of thing well um, i think that
1: if you look at any large hospital and you see all of the areas that there is a human being then we can do it. We have volunteers that are at our reception desk that are that smile when someone walks in the door that makes them feel like, okay, I'll be all right, who will walk them to the rooms. We have-
0: um, Yeah, when you go to the Kaplan Family Hospice House or the Care Dimensions Hospice House, right? Mm -hmm. You're greeted by a volunteer there.
1: You absolutely are. And um, during COVID, we had to stop our- cart that we go around the hospitality cart, which we're just restarting, so that if someone is visiting a patient, they can have coffee, tea, soda, and a small snack, um, because again, we're there not only to serve the patient, but to serve all who support yeah. our patient.
0: Yeah. That's the thing I love about um, hospice care is that it's, it's not just for the individual it's for the whole support network, mm-hmm. for the whole family. Absolutely. And families, anybody who loves and supports you, that mm-hmm. we we help them all through that process. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. how are people, how do they get in touch? How do they, who, who do they reach out to to get more information on volunteering?
1: Okay. Uh, they can reach out to Fran Clements, who when is our have, volunteer we're coordinator. Pull up a, here, we oh, go. good.
0: here we go. Here we go. All right, great. So, go ahead, Cheryl.
1: And um, she will ask the questions and answer any questions they may have to make sure it's a good fit yeah and um, she will explain the process the paperwork that's required and also when the next volunteer trainings will be and um, give really and answer any questions at all that they may have and it may not even be about the training it may be about possibly they want to work in the office and working in the office it's a one-hour training Uh before they go to the department and then they're taught at the department. Uh So she's able to explain all of those different components and to see is this going to be the right fit because we want to make sure it's the right fit for the individual who's calling in because if it's not the right fit for them they're going to get frustrated and they're not going to do the great work that they can do unless we make sure that that did is really well.
0: And it's over a period of weeks, the training. It's not, people hear 16 hours and they're thinking it's twofold. No, it's over a period of weeks. It is.
1: And um, (coughs) through right now, because of COVID, we've gone through Zoom, uh, which is amazing because we can get volunteers in a lot of areas that we couldn't before that we have patients in, which is wonderful. And um, it's 16 hours, two hours a day uh, twice a week and we have them in the morning and in the evening. So we're going to work with you to make sure that you have the times that you need uh, that it can be accommodated within your schedule. And There's a lot
0: of support to the volunteers too, right? Yes, yes.
1: Yep. Yes, um, the volunteers are very well supported whether it's with our volunteer coordinators, uh, the social workers do a lot, the nurses actually even talk to them I and mean, it's amazing. Um, And we also have a bereavement department that will work with our volunteers whenever they may lose a patient and feel they need to talk to someone. Um, So we really have a lot of support for our volunteers because they mean so much to us. Absolutely. They really do. Um, That team of people, I sit there and say, I love my job. I've loved it every moment. it's because of them knowing they're giving kindness every single day. And it's just an amazing feeling to know that I'm actually a part of this, and while I don't do the work, I see the amazing, amazing, and I call them basically um, just magic yeah. that
0: happens. Well, uh, I'll tell you, we could go on and on. I know we have to wrap up now. We're getting close, but I just want to say, Paul, any last, uh, last thing you want to say before we wrap up for today?
2: I, uh, you, it's really good to see how positive you two are about this and and it's as a volunteer i would just encourage other people to give it a try Mm. you know go to a couple classes see what it's about you'll learn to love it pretty quickly thank you so much just good
0: well that's that's great advice well thank you both so much for being on the program today we want to thank everybody for tuning in to timing is everything and we'll look forward to you being a part of our next program Thanks for listening to Living Forever, Not an Option with Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. To learn more about Care Dimensions, please visit our website at www.caredimensions.org or check out our podcast website at www.caredimensions.org backslash podcast. We would love to hear from you with questions or comments. Please feel free to email us at podcast at And of course, you can always call our office at any time. The number is 888-283-1722.